Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. At this morning, I'm going to be, I'm going to be teaching on something very, very simple, easy to comprehend, very crucial in this faith. Something that you might know, but just want to bring it back to your consciousness. Help me with Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to be reading from verse 1 to 14. Hebrews chapter 1. We're starting from verse 1 to 14. So the best place to catch along with me is just follow. Just follow. It says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophet at many times in various ways. God spoke to our fathers. Another translation will say God spoke to our ancestors. Put it in verse 1. Verse 1, please. Say God spoke to our forefathers. Now, this is not New Testament. This is Old Testament. Because New Testament, you already know that Jesus already paid the price. So, God spoke to our forefathers through prophet at many times and in various ways. Verse 2. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Verse 3. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by what? By what? You got to follow me. Sustaining all things by what? By his powerful words. After he had provided purification for sin. So he's letting you know that he is sustaining all things by his powerful words. After he had provided purification for sin. So Jesus could not sustain anything until he has paid that price for the purification for sin. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Verse 4. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So in other words, when Jesus was on earth, the angels were above him. And if you were following God in the whole testament, the angels were superior. That's why when Jacob fought with the angel, he, he wrestled so much and could not defeat the angel. And that's why I said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. So after Jesus paid the price, it says he was placed in a superior place, far above angels, because he inherited it, because he paid the price. Now verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? So God never said to any of the angels that you are my son. So sonship is higher than angels. Are we together this morning? You are my son today and I have become your father. So to the angels is their God. But to the sons is what? Is their father. I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Now let's see verse 6. Verse 6, media. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. 
Now verse 7. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels wings and his servants what? Flames of fire. Now verse 8. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever and the righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. Verse 9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Verse 10. He also says in the beginning, O Lord, you have laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. Verse 11. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Verse 12. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed. But you will remain the same. And your years will never end. Verse 13. To which of the angels did God ever say. Sit at my right hand. Until I make your enemies. A footstool for your feet. Verse 14. And not all the angels ministering spirit. Sent to serve those will inherit salvation so angels are your servants angels are what angels are your servants but it's ideal to create a good background for where i'm going to because you will not really understand the scripture if i don't uh, give you this background because i'm pulling out some things from this scripture to buttress what i want to teach you this morning so, Hebrews 1 from verse 1 to 14 gives us a clear introduction of the Father and the Son. Gives us the, 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 the place of angels and gives us the roles of servants. So, it tells you that angels are ministering spirit. It tells you that angels are not superior to those who are sons of God. Amen? So, according to Hebrews, before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus... God could only communicate to man through prophets. What did I say? God could only communicate to man through what? Through prophets. God could not speak man to man. So if you study the Old Testament properly, you realize that the people had to seek God through the face of a prophet. A prophet had to be the one to tell them what God was saying by time or for that season. Now, don't forget, a prophet was not saved. A prophet was what? Was not saved. The prophet does not know Christ. The prophet just simply has a relationship with God. And many of the times, the prophets don't even know that they have such relationship with God. They are just being favorably selected. That's why today in the Christian faith we challenge those that say that they have an anointing but they are not saved. Because the proof that your anointing is legit and is of God, it must be that you are saved. Are we together? So just in case you are here sitting and listening to me and you have all kinds of gymnastic and tricks within you. You can dream for somebody and the thing will come to pass. You can say one thing and everybody gets scared and everybody's shaking that, oh, I said this to my uncle and it came to pass. Listen, that's not an anointing. He 
It's just letting you know that you could have an anointing if you were saved. So I've had somebody, I think in the history of Nigerian Christian faith, we've had somebody who said that he was born again in his mother's womb. That's not possible. Are we together? That's not possible. That you dream and it comes to pass does not mean that you're anointed. There are too many dreamers and it comes to pass. That's a topic for another day. So many of the times this prophets are... Uh, in fact, if you don't know anybody, Jacob was a prophet. Jacob was a prophet. Cain and Abel were prophets, just in case you don't know. They were not just brothers, they were prophets. Because how do you come up with an ideology of presenting a sacrifice to God? That means you have an assumption that there is somebody who lives above the universe. But they were not saved. They didn't know Christ. They didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. That's why the scripture says that there are better things that speaks above the blood of Abel. So the blood of Abel speaks. But there's a better blood that speaks better than the blood of Abel. So, in the whole testament, God could only talk to people, true prophets. And I'm glad that I was not born in those days, in those times. Over the time, I've heard my spiritual father say, thank God I was not born in the days of Moses or Elijah. Because that means my eternity lies on my relationship with Moses. Are you guys following what I'm saying this morning? So that means the proof that my destiny is alive is because I'm attached to Moses. The proof that I'll make it is because I'm loyal to Elijah. So prophets were selected. They were unpicked by God. Many of the time, the ways of those prophets are not right. For example, someone like Moses was so possessed with the spirit of anger. So imagine I was the Moses of those days and there's a church like this in Moses' days. And just like we have in church where pastor is preaching, the phone is ringing and the pastor just looks at you that your phone is ringing and says, it will not be better for you. You don't have a choice. You see, he was the prophet. So whatever he said came to pass. That was why Elijah could call out beards to destroy those young chaps. You can't try that in these days. He could try that then. Because when God unpicks you, it says the anointing of the Lord is without repentance. So when the Lord unpicks you as a prophet to lead the people, he puts so much on you. Look at all the mess and the measures of atrocity of David. Yet, the scripture says, God said, is the apple of what? Of his eyes. If a pastor should try what David did there, now, his church will close down. His church will close down. Imagine I look for somebody here in THN that has a very beautiful wife. Then I intentionally send the husband to Sam Bisa for missionary work. And camp there with the wife in my house. That was what David did. That was what David did. So why? Sometimes I, I, I read these things in the Bible. And I question why God loves these people so much. But we live in a time and age whereby just one slightest thing that a pastor does. The whole social media is blowing. Church members will leave the church. I think there was a church like that one time in Ibadan. Where the pastor sent his wife away and married one of the choir members in the church and his church literally reduced. 
because people were on the Mommy Geo side and some people were on the Daddy Geo side. Well, if I was a member of that church, I'll just remind the church members that David did worse. Let's not crucify our pastor. But that's not the topic for today. But just letting you know that these prophets were not perfect. Many of the times they didn't get things right. They were not even the kind of folks that God should select. Moses was a murderer. Jacob was a fighter. David was adulterous. So they were what? Restricted. They could be powerful because they were empowered by God, but yet they were limited. They were restricted in terms of spiritual negotiation. There was never a time that you read in the scripture where Moses was negotiating with God. He simply did what God said. That was the condition that they were placed on. He simply did what God said. They are limited in terms of delivery and representation. They could never assure the people that they were going to seek the face of God on their behalf. They could never. Somebody said to me one time, somebody said, if Moses knew the radiance of glory that was on him, he wouldn't come down from the mountain. So he came down from the mountain because he felt it was just a normal man that went up there and it was a normal man that was coming down. So as empowered as they are, they were limited and they were restricted. The prophets of the whole. So you see from verse 1, let's pull verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Let's pull verse 1 back up. Can we have it? Hebrews 11 verse 1. So, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers. God communicated to our forefathers through the prophet at many times and in various ways. Now verse 2. See what verse 2 says. But in these days, I told you in THN Church that when you're reading the scripture, always read it with clear understanding and pick at every word. In this last day, what did he say the Lord is doing? Did he say he's speaking? Did he say he's speaking? He said he has spoken. That alone buttresses the point where Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. In these last days, he has spoken. Give me Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Joel 2 verse 28. I want to show you something. Joel 2 verse 28. It says, and afterward I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will do what? Let's read together. Your sons and daughters will do what? Prophesy. Your old men will do what? And young men will do what? Now listen closely. He says, I will pour out all my spirit on all my people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's a good place for us to ask the Holy Spirit a question. You only prophesy what has already been spoken. 
Are we together this morning? You only prophesy what has been what? What has already been spoken. So he says in this last day, God has spoken through his son. So by the time he's pouring his spirit on you and you're filled with the Holy Spirit and your sons and daughters, sons and daughters, listen, your sons and daughters is not the child you give birth to. We are sons and daughters. So never you read this scripture and put yourself and say, well, I'm 52, so I'm in the category of old men. It's not, you're not, you not in this category. This category is meant for Abraham, Moses, Elijah. Dream dreams. That's why the scripture says, Abraham longed to see the days where we are in because he dreamt it. He dreamt it. He was longing to see it, but he could not see it. So that's why I say she would dream dreams. You know what it means by you dream dreams? You keep dreaming it. You won't see it. He says your sons and daughters will prophesy. You only prophesy what has already been spoken. Many of you have been to church where they say prophesy over your life. Now, do, do you prophesy anything that is strange? You say, Father, I prophesy that I will make it. No, that, that's it. That, that's, you, you prophesy something you are assured about. And for you to be assured of that thing, it means it has been spoken. Somebody defined prophecy as a reminder of what God has already said. The only reason why it looks ambiguous to some people is because they can't see it yet. But it's already been spoken. It's already been spoken. So what are the sons and daughters prophesying? They are speaking into existence what has already been spoken. One very major prophecy that many of the times we don't say is that kingdom come. That kingdom come is a prophecy. It's already been spoken and it's happening now. So in these last days, I want that to stick into your spirit this morning. In this last day, God has already done what? He had already spoken. So just in case you are here in this church or you just gave your life to Christ, you're just helping yourself in your work in the Holy Spirit and you are you're trusting God to speak. He has already spoken. Somebody say he has spoken. He has spoken to us by his son. He has spoken to us by his son. He has spoken to us by his power. By his power. Now the son is the power of God. Somebody say the son is the power of God. What you just said right now, many people don't have an understanding of it. Because they think that Jesus being the Son of God is different from Jesus being the power of God. But I'm going to show you this morning. Let's check 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. Let's start from verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's start from verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, which start from verse 18. Amen. Amen. Are you getting something? Now, what I'm doing today is what I should literally do like in a, in a ministry class. But the Holy Spirit just asked me to do it in a church so that some people can have a clear understanding. 
Now, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. is the end result of the cross. Let me give you a very, very good illustration. How many of you are familiar with billboards? Billboards. Like a display, an LED screen, digital billboards and all of that stuff. Now, if a billboard is showing so much about a product, if a billboard is showing so much about a product, advertising a product, or let's just use this, let's use this as a very clear example. Now, looking at this from head to toe, what's the message that comes to you from here? Somebody wants to help out? What's the message? You're looking at this every time you see it in church. You just see it. So what's the message that comes to you? What's that message that you can spill out from that, that signpost? Huh? Resignation Giants, that's what you see. Anybody else? Uh, what do you say? THM what? There is an image of the pastor there. Some people are not concerned. There is social media details at the bottom. Some people are not concerned. But if somebody wants to call that thing, what's the first thing? THM Church Banner. The message of the cross is Jesus Christ. So, now let's read it clearly. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. How many of you remember when I said to you last Sunday that everybody was at Golgotha morning but Mary was not? Because Mary was not seen as son. She was seen as savior. So every time the people at the cross were looking at Christ on the cross, they were seeing the king of the Jews. So to them is foolishness to tell them that the person on the cross is the have been saved. So you have to be saved to understand that the message of the cross is the power of God. Now let's see verse 18. I want to buttress what I mean by Jesus is the power of God. For it is written, I would destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Verse 20. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Now 21. 21. Let's go fast. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. Jews demanded miraculous signs. The only reason why they made him the king of the Jews was because his miracles was outstanding. Everybody has been performing miracles, but nobody could feed 5,000. And they saw leftover basket. It, was, it doesn't make sense. It was like, no, this one, this one is king. And Greeks looks for wisdom. Now, I think this still happens in our current age. You find, you, you, you find some people that, uh, okay, now I'm not speaking down against any church. If you're looking for a church of miracles, signs, and wonders, and they give you three options, MFM, Eternal Life of God Mission, St. Peter's Anglican Church, which one will you go to? Now, if you're looking for a church where it is worded, worded, and they give you three options, Lake Wandek Memorial Church. 
the Reverend Father Paul Catholic Church and Desta. But what makes you think that the pastor in Lake Kandek Bethesda Church is not worthy? So, the Jews were looking for miracles. The Greeks just wanted to listen to somebody that was wise. So, in this current age, I've interacted with Christians. These are people who have been Christians for so long. My aunties, my uncles. And they tell you that all these new generational churches, no, no. Some people like a church where they sit down and the pastor is just insulting them from the altar. I mean, if you have been to churches like that, the pastor is just insulting you from the altar. Comes to church on a Sunday and say, Praise God. Hmm, hallelujah. Hmm. God is coming, oh. Because it rained this morning, some people will not come to church. That's how they will miss their blessing. May you not miss your blessing in Jesus' name. That, that, that's the way they preach on a Sunday. That's the way they preach. So, the Jews were looking for miracles. Nothing wrong. The Greeks were just looking for wisdom. They didn't want miracles. Because the Greeks were rich guys. Intellectual. Now, 23. But we preach Christ crucified. A stomping block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. 24. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and the Greek. You see that for yourself? Christ the one. So you see there that Jesus Christ is what? The power of God. And he's also what? The wisdom of God. So I already cleared your mind for that. I cleared your mind for that. Why I intentionally did what I just did right now is because I've had interactions with people and people have different ideology that know the Holy Spirit is the power of God. No, Jesus Christ is the power of God. Jesus Christ is the power of God. So Christ is the power of God and Christ is the wisdom of God. Now, it says the Son is the radiance of God's glory. Now you see that in Hebrews. Hebrews. Let's, let's, let's go back to Hebrews. Let's go back to Hebrews. Let's take it from verse 3. Hebrews 1 from verse 3. Hebrews 1 from verse 3. Now it says the sun is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by what? Sustaining all things by what? By his powerful words. Pastor, what does this mean? Jesus Christ, the Son, is the clear image of God's power. So anytime you think of Jesus Christ, the Word, you're thinking of the power of God. Having that at the back of your mind and having that in your spirit gives you access into what the scripture says about sustaining all things by his powerful words. So the sun is the clear reflector of God's power 
an exact representation of God's wisdom and capacity. So anytime you think of Jesus Christ, don't just think of just a man that was on the cross. Think of power. Think of what? Power. Going to that kind of church can signify. But you have to come back for another class whereby they will fill you with the Holy Spirit. How many of you went to churches like that? No, be honest, be honest. You give your life to Christ today and they tell you there's another class you have to come for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Raise up your hand if you went for to churches like that. Nobody went to church. Some of you don't have Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, we need to do that class. Oh. Okay, let me break it down. You gave your life to Christ and they told you in that church that they have to still do something again for you so that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the proof that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is that you will speak in tongues. How many of you went to places like that? Okay, now, now my question is making sense. So now my question is this. When you went for that class, when they laid hands on you, it was after? It was after. They've done the laying of the hands. They've, shot, they've done everything. They discharged you to go. Amazing. Is there somebody here that they forced you to speak and you just spoke what the person said? Praise God. Thank God for people who actually take their time to study the word and expose us to the truth. If you go through the teacher manual when it comes to the new life class, I think there's a portion where it's clearly stated that the day you give your life to Christ, that's the very day that the Holy Spirit came inside of you. The first proof that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you is that from that moment, you are ignited with what is called the Spirit of Love. So I want to ask a question. Do you remember when you gave your life to Christ? Or you gave your life to Christ from your mother's womb? Who can remember the very exact day they gave their life to Christ? Because not everybody can remember and it's not the same. It's not the same. Someone like, oh, if you ask me, when did you give your life to Christ? I'll tell you on my birthday. Because I can't be remembering dates on my head. And some of us have given our life to Christ times without number. Somebody still did yesterday. <laughs> Say, God, I'm going to church today. I dedicate my life to so, who can remember? I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Who can remember vividly the very day you gave your life to Christ? Maybe anybody of recent. Recent. Somebody can signify with their hand. Okay, good. Oh, I remember. You used to be a Muslim. Right? Okay. So, the very day you gave your life to Christ, what was the first thing you felt within you? Can we have a microphone? It's not your kind of regular Sunday because I want to break something. Let's get at the microphone. Are we good? All right. So, the very first day you gave a letter to Christ, what did you feel? Be honest. What did you feel? 
actually stubborn before. Like, I'm not talking about character. I'm talking okay. about how did you feel? Who preached to you to, to accept Christ? I let say like I just heard a voice in me that, that You day, heard what? A voice in me that was screaming like if I didn't do it that day, I might never have the chance to. Okay. Again. Okay, so how did you feel when you came out and accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? How did you feel? That's what I want you to be as plain as you can be. What kind of feeling? I feel renewed. You feel what? Renewed. Like renewed? From the kind of person I was before. Okay. Well, you know it wasn't Christ that changed your character. Yes, sir. Okay. Sit down. Because some of us were stubborn before we knew Christ. And we are still stubborn. But let me use a guy. I've used a lady. If you're a guy in this place, and you're, you are no, a lady is the best person. Not a guy. I don't want to mess any guy up this Sunday morning. If you're a lady in this place and you are, you're in a relationship, like serious relationship, not some kind of entanglement, not not social media relationship status. If you're in a relationship, not my CEO, somebody else somebody else in a relationship if you're in a relationship just signify stand up so all the ladies I'm seeing here wait wait don't worry God will not give you a husband like Osinachi if don't be scared. They will, you will not, it won't beat you when you get home. <laughs> now, why did you cast us? If you're a lady here, you're in a relationship, and you're proud of that relationship, stand up. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's clap for them. They are bold. So, if you're their guy, and you're here, be cool and calm. She didn't disappoint you. But the ones that didn't stand up and your guy is here, please don't call me during the week and say, Pastor, I have issues. Okay, I want to ask a very simple question because I want to, but can you put back that scripture? Put back that scripture. I want to buttress something. Now, which of the two of you, because we live in a new society dispensation right now, we have ladies toasting guy and the guy toasting lady. So, which of you? Did you, if you are toasted by the guy, keep standing. But if you toasted the guy, sit down. Let me say it again. If the guy toasted you, stand up. But if you toasted the guy, sit down. Okay. Good. Now, if this applies to any one of you, hold the mic and I want you to explain because so that you get what I'm really trying to eat about the day you accept Christ, what you feel to buttress that spirit of love. Because the only way I can explain it is in a realistic way so that you understand. Now, the very first day your guy asked you how, can you remember? Can you remember? The very first day, 
not date, like making his intentions known that I want us to have a relationship, you'll be my girlfriend or whatever it is, like that, right? You, you have a good understanding of that day or the process, right? Now, the day you said yes to it, was there an establishment of love or it was over time in the relationship that the love began to express itself? If you didn't get my question, say you didn't get it. Like, the day you said yes, like, he came to ask you out now, and he said yes, did you feel that love instantly? Or it was after a period of time? It was over time. It wasn't instant. So, even that very day that you said yes to him, it wasn't like that love was late. It was, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah. You could still change your mind the following day? Yes. Okay, very good. That's the same thing with you? Alright, can I have your say? Now, if your own relationship is not like that, I don't understand for you. If you felt lo- love on that first day, ha. You must be very desperate. Oh. <laughs> the very first day you give your life to Christ, you necessarily will not feel the power of the Holy Ghost. But it's right there. It's right there. The power of the Holy Ghost is more like a conviction. That's why somebody once asked me and said, Ha, ah, yeah, when I used to do my healing and miracle service, the person would say, Ha, ah, Pitoms, there's power in your hand. This is the same hand that I used to eat swallow. If there's power in there that I'm so sure of, it should be like this at all times. It should be like I should pocket it. I should not, I should not use it. I should use it to, to count money. I shouldn't use it to give people handshake. So the very day you give your life to Christ, the first thing that comes on you is the spirit of love. How do I know this? How do you say yes to somebody that you've not seen? How do you accept somebody that you've never set your eyes on? How do you say Jesus is Lord when you don't even know what Jesus looks like? That's why I ask the question that when you get into that relationship, do you really feel that love? For example, if your relationship is two years or three years, do you feel that love compared to now? One time, somebody said this in a conference I went for. He said, when you go for wedding ceremonies and you see the wife all over the husband, you see the husband all over the wife, they are doing honeymoon and all that stuff. He said, real honeymoon is not when the marriage starts. The real honeymoon is at old age. All that that we are doing in the hotel after the wedding reception, I call it lovey-dovey. The proof that you really love the person and the person really loves you, it's along the line, the journey of that marriage. And many of the time, it's at old age. How many of you have lived with parents whereby, not that your dad is Osinachi's husband, but once in a while there's basketball inside the house? How many of you have? See, don't, that one don't raise up your hand but just know within yourself so that you don't cast your parents here now once in a while there is on and off you can tell mommy and daddy is not in good terms 
But how come daddy passes away? 60 something or 70 something. And mommy is now wishing. And I wish daddy is still alive. Because the absence of daddy has now ignited another level of love on the inside of her. She's now coming to realize that she really does not have a husband anymore. How do I know this? My dad passed away last, uh, last year. One of the reasons why I find it very hard to post this picture on my status or to even write anything about him is because of my mom. I wake up every morning, check her WhatsApp status, flooded it with like 50 pictures of my dad. In fact, me, me myself, I'm confused. Every time she's talking to me, she's telling me things the Lord is doing and the next thing she's about to cry, she's like, I wish your dad was still alive. Now, they had a very good marriage. Very good marriage. But, once in a while, you rather just stay inside your room and not come out. Because the next blast you hear is on your head. Not that they were fighting, but you could tell that one person is cranky or hungry with the other. So in that conference, that lady said, and I'll never forget, she said, real honeymoon is at the old age in that marriage or in that relationship. That's why you find some ladies who tell you that they don't believe in one-year courtship. Let's do five years, six years. Yes, there are ladies like that. I just hope you are not in THN church. Because I'll wed you before the second year. <laughs> play with the guy's emotions and heart like that. So back to what we're saying. The day you accept Christ, the day you accept Christ, the spirit of love, and one of the highest spirit of the Holy Spirit is love. In fact, let me be honest with you. If all you exhibit is love, it's even much more higher than power. That's another topic for another day. That's why the power that God gives through the Holy Spirit is not the power to destroy your enemies. It's the power to tear down the kingdom of darkness. Because if that Holy Spirit can destroy enemies, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I will not be standing here. Because as, as, as good as I am to some people, I'm somebody's enemy. I'm bleed. All of us are here. You are one person's enemy at some point. One of my old school friends, went to secondary school together so we were talking during the week he said tomorrow there's this guy you need to apologize to i said apologize to who in my mind of mind i think there's nobody i'm offended he said you need to apologize to him i said for what he said when you were in js3 he said you insulted him and he said anytime he passes in front of ring and sees your billboard he's always cursing you wait uh-uh. i said js3 <laughs> Yes, a good that is. So I told her to press him for that, and we were not talking. I said, Wait, I remember, I think we had a debate. So I insulted the guy that is as fat as a pig since GS3. Imagine that guy had the power to destroy his enemy. <laughs> I would have been gone a long time. the establishment of the Holy Spirit is not power. It's the spirit of love. It's the spirit of love. 
sustaining all things by his power establishing all things by his power creating all things by his power changing all things by his power so truth be told that the place of power is the domain of authority the place of what the place of power is what the domain of authority a powerless Christian is a dead believer and a demonic meal. If you are a powerless Christian, you are a dead believer. The establishment of God's word in your spirit is what gives you access to power. So you see why I said the day you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the first thing that comes on you is the spirit of love. Because the day you are accepting Christ, you don't know the scriptures. Did you know scriptures the day you accepted Christ? You don't know the scriptures. But the more you engage with the scriptures, the more you are giving access to what? To power. One day I was asking my uncle, I said, how many of you have watched House of Rep guys when they're having their meetings or their sessions? The likes of like Dino Milaya and all those guys. You see the way they are quoting subsection 2, uh, constitution 4, this is that, that, that. So one day I told my uncle, I said, of all positions in Nigeria, I can never contest for anything Senate or House of Red. He said, why? He said, because I can't be quoting subsession, constitution. How many constitutions will I put on my head? My uncle said, those guys don't know the constitution. It's because of what they want to say. They have a personal secretary that will look for a constitution that supports. So many of the times, go and watch Dino Milaya's video. You see him holding a small book. If you went to a private university like mine, there's something they give you when you get to the hostel. It's called student handbook. I think they give in public universities too. Right? No, not hand down. That is, this is a handbook. Handbook is handbook. It's called handbook. The handbook tells you, for someone like, for someone like me now, we ha- I had all kinds of impression about Babcock. Only for me to get the handbook, and I saw that what people were saying outside about Babcock does not correspond with what is inside the book. Just like when somebody told me, he said they don't use phones at Covenant. You need to go to Covenant to realize that they use phones, but not the kind of phones that we use. One of the reasons why I didn't go to Covenant was because they told me before I wanted to go and write the exam that you cannot have a relationship, you can't talk to a girl. And I knew myself that I like girls. So there is no way they will expel me before time. <laughs> and it won't make sense to come back on tomorrow and say, why did they so expel you? I was talking to a gay. <laughs> and the other part is they won't expel the gay. It's the guy they will expel. Only for my cousin to go to covenant and I realized that relationships are allowed but it has to be registered. If there is if, if there is any licity student in this place, just be thanking your God. <laughs> in Babcock too, I don't know if they've really, really amplified that effort, but in Babcock too, you have to register a relationship. You have to. Before stepping into Babcock, all my uncles and aunties told me, say, Thomas, you are stepping into Babcock. Say bye-bye to suya. Say bye-bye to meat. Bye-bye to chicken. Bye-bye to fish. 
So the day I was leaving, my mom packed. My mom said, eat as many meat as you can eat now. So I was eating meat. With the mindset of for the next three months, no meat. Only to get the student handbook. But the student handbook states that the school will never serve you meat. It's not stopping you from having meat. And the only reason why the school will not serve you meat is because the school cannot be killing cow every day. So tofu is made from uh, soya stuff. It's, it's, anybody that's eaten tofu here before? It's like, uh, it's, it's, it, it replaces meat, but it's made from soya bean and all that stuff. That thing is really sweet. We all have a lot of meat about it. So whenever you see a lady coming to Babcock and she's as thin as this, and in three months, she's this size. So we tell ourselves, tofu is working. So a lot of meat and ideology, wrong impression that was placed. Just like right now in the Nigerian society, I think there's a video circulating on social media that says that a police officer is not, does not have a right to touch your phone. If, you do, if you've not read the constitution, if you don't know it, they will keep collecting your phone and you keep paying to bail your phone. So you will bail yourself, you will not bail your phone. So I had to read the handbook. That's the first thing. When you get into the Bible, they tell you for the first three days, study the handbook. So that you don't look stupid when they pick you on something. Don't look stupid. Babok is a very good Christian school. Very good Christian school. Will you believe that in that school they don't believe in speaking in tongues? So if you are speaking in tongues in your room, your roommate has the right to report you for making noise. And I'm going to be honest with you as a pastor. I cannot remember one day that I spoke in tongues in Babcock. Because I just had that fear that somebody will report me. And me, I don't know how to defend myself. I will call every other person that spoke in tongues with me. So if I'm going home, we're going together. So that very day you give your life to Christ, the Spirit of the Lord comes on the inside of you. But what gives you access to power is your daily engagement with the Word of God. How will you know that by his stripes you are healed if you've not seen it in the scriptures. How do you know that you have been placed far above principalities and power if you don't see it in scriptures? In fact, a part of me feels that those in the drama ministry don't even know scriptures enough. Because every time they are casting devil, you know the scripture they use. Lift up your heads, oh you get use lift off your head when he gets to cast out demons. The establishment of God's word in your spirit gives you access to what? To power. Access to power is operating in the place of authority. So as a child of God, you have authority. You have what? Authority. 
The word of God is self-anointed and divinely empowered. So when you receive the word, you are empowered by it to manifest in the place of sonship. But the biggest challenge that we have in the body of Christ today is that we have too many displacement of bones. Dry bones everywhere. Even right here in church today. Somebody just feels I'm a Christian but it's a dry bone. What do, I, what do I mean by you? A dry bone. There's no life of God in you. There is no epitome of power in you. You are not operating in the place of authority. When we started teaching church in January, I always remember, I think it was April to be precise, when somebody called and the person said, Pastor, I'm having terrible dreams and I have this fear that I will die. The person is still alive. Of, of powerless Christians. Christians that are running elter scatter because of a threat from the demonic hell. Somebody looks at you with a bad eyes and you just you feel threatened. We must be conscious of the fact that the devil is not as powerful as we think. I need to say that again to somebody's ear. The devil is not what? He's not as powerful as you think. you must be conscious of the fact that life should not dictate the place of your destiny I don't know I can't remember the exact brother that I said in this place I said if there is a generational pattern or generational cause in your family you can break it even without prayer and I gave a very very simple scenario they tell you in your family they tell you in your father's house that uh, uh, all the men are always marrying three four wives is it not your choice to marry two it's your choice so don't say the sins of my father is catching up with me. It was your choice. It was your choice. It was your choice. Growing up with my father, my father said his own father believed so much in education. But, uh, but it wasn't ready to stretch. How many of you understand what I mean by stretch? Like, how many of you live with parents that will tell you if you pass jam, you are your own. If you don't pass, that's on your own. Like, parents are not willing to enroll you to lessons. They are not willing to... Because I look at some people that are staying at home for many years seeking for admission. There are universities looking for students. Amen? There are universities looking for students. Usman Danfodio University in Sokoto. It's looking for students. Everybody doesn't have to go to UI. There's Unsuka. There's Imo State University. There's Adekunle Ajasi. They're just there. Everybody's cooking their head inside the UI and they're picking selected few. So he said his own father was not ready to stretch. His father believed in education but not ready to stretch. My own father believed in education and was ready to stretch. So you see the difference. He broke a pattern. So his elderly ones, once they went to secondary school, the next place they go to was teacher's training. I don't know if you remember teacher's training. And they stopped there. After teacher's training, they just got married. My father pushed my sister down to go and do master's. I think I'm the only one that they, have not, they didn't push that much. 
And trust me, like I told my wife, before I pass on, I will do masters, I will do PhD. But that was how pushy it was. And my dad would literally tell you, I don't want you to go to a public school. You're going to private. I went to private all my life. My sister, all our lives. My brother, all our lives. Private. He wasn't ready for you to stay at home or anything. So he was intentional about breaking some things. It was intentional. One of my uncle, which is his closest cousin, said to me, he said to me, you have broken a jinx in this family. I said, what's the jinx? He said, everybody in this family, they contribute money for them to do anything. He said, but you did yours without any contribution. So there is nothing like generational cost or generational cost. You can break it. You can break it. If all your life you have lived in face me, I face you. The moment you become mature as a man, you can break it. You can break it. You can break it. To be word conscious is to dominate. Somebody say dominate. It's to dominate. And to be ignorant of the word is to be enslaved. To be ignorant of the word is war. It's to be enslaved. I'll never forget my first major accident in the US. The lawyer was telling me. He said, let's prolong this matter. I said, no. I am fine. The lawyer was telling me. He said, say you are not fine. I said, I'm fine. He said, once I touch your part of your body. And I said, what's the level of your pain? Between 0 to 10. Say nine. I said, no, I'm not feeling any pain now. When they touch my dad, when they, do, they touch my dad like that, I said, say, hush! I said, oh, Mr. Mr. Femi, sorry, sorry. He hurt. I said, this place, I hurt it. I funny enough, my dad was in the accident, though. That day, I just called. We were coming from Sam's Club. Me and my sister. Dow, the guy just eat us. The first thing you have to do, of course, this was like our third month in America. Called my dad and said, Dad, something just happened accident. He said, Don't say anything to anybody. Just stay inside the car. Don't come out. I'm very close by to where you are. So my dad drove. So it's like the accident happened here. My dad went to park there. He not trekked. He just entered inside the car. He said, See, if the police come, tell them I was at the back seat. <laughs> I actually thought he was trying to defend me because I was driving with the learner's permit, not with the real license. It was after the incident I realized that that was not his game. So the police was trying to ask, say, I'm the father, my neck, my back. My dad said, Tomorrow, how many laptops do you have? I said, Dad, one. He said, We'll say two. He looked at my sister. He said, Anything wrong with you? He said, Daddy, I'm fine. He said, Tell them we are going to the hospital, that your leg, you can't lift it. Sir, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I know some folks know my sister. Yeah, you can ask her. They took my dad on a stretcher like this. Got to the hospital. They were touching him. Mr. Fem, how is he? Swollen. I can't move. My dad's neck would go like this. Yeah. I can't go beyond this. <laughs> my mom was at home. She was crying. She thought something terrible has happened. So we just got back home. My mom said, ah, yeah. Thank God, though, that uh, I didn't hear bad news. So this is that. He said, they said, your neck cannot. My dad said, which neck? <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. The report says that your leg. He said, 
say, Mommy, we are fine. I said, Mommy, I'm fine. I asked to call my daddy. I said, Dad, what is all this thing you are doing? He said, You can't understand. So, lawyer called. Lawyer said, Blah, blah, blah. Mr. Fem, anytime they call you, tell them you can't move. Tell them you need a wheelchair, you need crutches, you need this. Ah, ah. I said, What's going on? But I said, Tomorrow, call your boss. Tell her you can't come to work for the next one month because you are hospitalized or because you are, you are feeling body pains. That's how I made I called. It was six months after. The lawyer called. He said, Lord, if you come to my office, we got there. He said, uh, uh, Mr. Tom, you feel better now? So the insurance have paid for your damages, for your pain. I said, praise God. I said, how much? He said, well, Mr. Tom, because you didn't feel too many much pains, your pains were minor, so take $4,000. I said, praise God, thank you. Miss Ore, that's my sister's name. Miss Ore, your pains were severe. So take 8,000. <laughs> my dad, that was not in the accident, <laughs> collected 10. <laughs> so we got into the car. I was angry. I said, This thing is cheating. It was me that drove. Who? But I said, Keep quiet. When I was telling you to say your level of pain is... I said, so dad, nothing can be done about this. He said, eh, well, the only thing you can just do is you go back and you say another major complication. I said, we are done. <laughs> now, he knew the process. He understood the laws, understood the terms, understood the gains. Now, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to tell you what to do when you travel out. There are people that will intentionally be driving in the U.S. and they'll just press brake. So that you that are coming from behind, pass them. I was driving one day with my dad. This guy tried it. Press brake. So my dad swiped. My dad parked. Came out of the car with me and said, if you want to die, go and die yours. <laughs> but trust me, Trust me, easiest way to make money is train insurance and car accident. If I knew that that was the amount that would come, man, two years I'm still not seeing that pain. No, I'm serious. Not a good story to share, but there was a lady who claimed that I hit her. She made over 180000 from my insurance. $180,000. She claimed that I hit her. And I did the FU sign to her. Of which I did not do FU sign. I did like this. <laughs> she said to me, I did FU sign. So I was not asking my sister, what's FU? She said, if you do your hand like. I said, but this is what I did now. Ignorance. To be ignorant of the word, you'll be enslaved. Because when the guy eat house that day, the guy was begging that we should not call the police. Only to realize that the guy was drunk. And the guy was a wealthy guy. And the guy just had a bad divorce or whatever case it was. So he was high. He was on drugs. He knew that when you get the police involved, you will make so much. And the car was already destroyed. The car was a total write-off. And this guy was willing to buy the car and give us a new car. But my dad, who knew the law, said, we'll collect more than car. 
father says because I, because we are Christians, so I don't want to give you a bad notion of America. He said if I was the one, tomorrow, listen to me. If I was the one in that accident, three years I should for. I'm telling you, there are people five years they are still on your case with accident. The person you see the person playing soccer at picnic. The person will appear in court with crushes. <laughs> Mr. James, how's it feeling? Man, I still can't move the leg. It's like there's a spring that has removed. For the past three years, yes, that accident was crazy. He's still making money. People build houses on these things. So if you are ignorant of the world, you will always be enslaved. I'm saying I use all the stories that pertains to me to explain to you as a child of God the reason why you are not expressing freedom the reason why you are not making it true the reason why you are not expressing breakthrough is because you are ignorant of what has already been given to you success is not a locked thing it's a decision the beauty of your path is by the digestion of the word that's why the scripture says in Proverbs 4, it says the path of a just. The just is those who have been justified by Christ. The just are those who know Christ. The just are sons and daughters of God. It says it's as a shining light. It shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Give me Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Let's start from verse 7. Joshua 1 verse 7. Let's start from verse 7. I want to show you something. The very first time I heard somebody said this to me I, I, I almost felt the pastor was not born again I almost felt it it says be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you do not turn from it left or right to the left but that, that you may be what? successful wherever you go so it's not until you travel out that you can be successful anywhere you go anywhere you go verse 8 he said, do not let this book of the Lord depart from where? So he's talking about feeding on the word. Feeding on the word. Taking in the word. What did he say right here? Did he say read it? Did he say glance through it? Do you know what it means to meditate? I'll give you a very, very simple definition of meditation. Think it. Not it. Only ladies who understand meditation very well. As a guy, I'm speaking on behalf of the guy. I'm thinking on behalf of the guy. Can I? Guys, can I speak on our behalf? Can I? Once a guy is in a relationship, there's nothing like do's or don'ts. He knows he already has you. You're not going anywhere. Your girlfriend, day and night. It's only the lady in the relationship that is busy still going on Facebook to see why he took a picture with a particular girl. No. Guys, am I speaking your mind? I like THN guys. I always speak their mind. As a guy, you are really less concerned why she broke up with her ex-boyfriend. But a lady wants to know why you broke up. A guy will step into a lady's family house, do what he has to do, greet everybody, do his thing and walk out. 
A lady will step into the guest family house. She'll still call the guy after. What does your people think? What did your mommy say? Say it the way she said it. That's what my wife did. She said, what does grandma think of me? I said, grandma likes you. I said, are you sure? I said, you go back and... <laughs> Meditate. Ladies will understand that better. Meditate on it day and night. Think of it. Think it true. Think it true. Think it true. I said it before in this house. For David to say, the Lord is my shepherd, is because he positioned himself, what? As a sheep. As a sheep, you can't become a sheep in one day. You can't. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything, not some things. So the reason why you're not getting results is because you're doing some things. You have to do what? Everything. Then you will be what? Prosperous. So your success is determined by you. Not by God. Your prosperity is determined by you. I wish I could still find that video. I was just going to post it on my status this morning. Anything that is of an advantage to a believer, that is what the society always attack. Sowing seed, they attack it. Giving of offering. Are, have you noticed that they don't attack offering? It's tight, they attack. Forgetting that offering is even bigger than tight. That's where some Christians don't sit down to reason. They are telling you to stop paying tight. Tight is how much percent. Offering, does it have percentage? Which one should you attack? Put yourself in daddy free shoes. Which one should you attack? When you are saying tight makes the pastor rich, what happens to the offering? What happens to offering? My grandma goes to Haglican every year. Our society must contribute at most five million. Grandma, what's the money for? He said, we just keep it. For what? In case somebody die and we need to buy clothes. Ah! I'm not, I'm not joking. My wife was there the day the lady came. The lady came and said, Grandma, since you'll be able to make him our anniversary, and let your daughter-in-law come. I looked at the woman with one eyes like this. Which daughter-in-law? He said, eh, he said, he said let me say to you about Forgive me. He said, she gave my mati dagba. Come and take mama's position. I looked at him and said, which position? Because then I know how much my grandma contributes, so my wife will take over. Are we contributing to feedless bread? No. The only thing they are contributing for is they are waiting for your grandma to die. So instead of them looking for money to buy clothes and everything, is that from that money they will pick. Maybe your sister wants to do wedding now. They will buy a shwebi and all that. From, that, from five million. I asked my grandma on there. I said, does your society have boss? He said, boss, Clive Ishe, Talomawa. I said, so when people are going for occasion, how do you go? He said, ah, we just go to the motor park and all of us will hire a boss and go. And you contribute five million per year. Ah, he said, even the five million, he said, Doma, let me be realistic with you. That money does not last a whole one year. That the current boss of their society now is like about 15K. I said, from five million. I said, how did it happen? He said, you know, when somebody is sick, we'll contribute for the person. When somebody is this, somebody die, that there's a way we do barrier. The day I feared Anglican, I'm not supposed to say this because somebody might be an Anglican here. The day I feared Anglican, 
was the day I realized that if I when I was telling my grandma I wanted to do my wedding, he said, Don't come to Aglican. And I knew why she said that. In an Aglican church, if you want to have a wedding or any ceremony, they give you the head count of church members. That is the head count of the pamphlet you will print. Only to now come on your wedding day and see that your entire pamphlet is as high as this. And only 20 people showed up. Okay, who will pack the remaining pamphlet? They have a storage where they just keep it. They will not gather priests. Each of the priests, you must settle them one by one. And if your family is a notable one, you cannot do any festival or activity in that place. You must have, you must donate something. So they already told my grandmother that the day you are passing, tell your grandchildren to be here. You are building a hall. And me, in my mind, I'm ready to build the hall. So far, I'll be the one using it. <laughs> I'm just telling you how your prayers. Tell you how your prayers. Say somebody is attacking tight, like my pastor in Houston would say. How much is tight? Just ten percent. Just ten percent. We're talking about offering. Friend is more than tight. Or, or wait, if your tight is more than your offering, yeah, raise your hand. Friend is always more than tight. Because tight is probably once a month. Offering every Sunday. Every Bible study. And very soon I'll start bringing speakers here that will be calling for seed. <laughs> Don't tell me not to bring them. I'll start bringing them. And I'll give them all your information. <laughs> I'll say, sir, this one into fashion business. Just tell him that you see a more in his name. <laughs> I say this one. She's a student. Just tell her that you see that somebody is playing with her academic glory. <laughs> Praise God. Your success is determined by you. Your prosperity is determined by you. Your dominion is determined by you. What you do with the word of God determines your destiny. Somebody say destiny. Our sincere value for the word of God defines our part. So if you see somebody who is the shining light, it's somebody who understands the value for the word. Value for what? For the word. Our sincere engagement with the word bets your desires. Its power is engraved an established word in your spirit. What's his power? Is engraved an established word in your spirit. Now give me Hebrews 1 verse 13 and I close. Hebrews 1 verse 13 and get ready Exodus 15 verse 6. I want to show you something. Make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now give me Exodus 15 verse 6. Exodus now it says, your right hand, O Lord, was what? Majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, does what? Shattered. So you want victory? Engage with the word. You want authority? Engage with what? The word of God. The Bible is not something you read. The Bible is something you meditate on. Meditate means you are thinking about it day and night. 
you're thinking about it. You don't just pick up the word at the, in the place of crisis. That's what some of us do. By his stripes you are healed because your tummy is turning you. No weapon fashion against me shall prosper when you are already in trouble. We are in a season whereby our placement determines our experience. Because we are in the days of his power. We are in the last days. Somebody say last days. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. Sit at his right hand means maintain the place of growth. Maintain the place of being built. Maintain the place of fellowship. Maintain the place of communion. So I want to give a candy advice. If you are the type in this place that has been playing church, if you are the type in this place that has been playing with your faith, that's why you're not getting results. That's why you're not getting results. Look at the person and say, don't play with this faith. Tell the person come and say, don't play with this faith. Don't play with your faith. Don't play with your faith. I asked a young lady a long time ago. I said, why, 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 why things not going well with you and God? Why was your relationship shaking? He said, because there's so much ahead. You can't, do, you, cannot, you can't conquer those so much ahead without God. Without God. You can't. And this is the best time to understand it. This is the best time to understand it. The very best time. If you know any church today in the city or the domain where you occupy where the word of God is being preached to build up people, I beg of you, that's a good place to stay. That's a good place to stay. You know of any, any not, not religious program, you know of any Christian faith program, scheme, or activity that is well designed to build your faith. Just go for it. I remember in the early 2000s, the millennium year, before I traveled, there was something the city of Ibadan was very known for, but it has stopped. The city of Ibadan was very known for worship concert. Almost every Sunday, almost every Saturday, praise vigil every Friday. But it has stopped. It's been abused. I'm not trying to mock the city of Ibadan or mock your state. Go online and check the GDP of your state. It's far more than some other states. The GDP of this state is almost contexting with the GDP of Lagos. But if you are looking for where the people are so poor, with a huge level of mediocrity, laziness, brokenness, poverty, everything bad, use it to describe it, You are right. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. make it worse was the day that I looked at one guy driving a taxi and I said to him, I want to hire you for the whole day. I said, how much do you make for a whole day? He said, I said, the whole day will make 15. I said, look, I'll pay you 25 for the whole day. I've not used this man for three hours. He was already complaining. He said, hey, it's not going to be bye. Bye. You all are surprised. In this Ibadan. I had not done three hours. I was still at the mall. He kept calling me, calling me. I thought something was up. I said, what's going on? He said, ah, sir, I didn't pay any. 
Ah, so come and be by. I hired you for the whole day. He said, hey, so come and pay. Manti lo, manti lo, John, manti lo, Ah. I discharged him. I said, just go. And the annoying part is when you now say, but that's not the agreement. You broke the agreement, not me. When I shared the story with a friend of mine, he said, he said, Tomoa, it's not that the guy was not willing to do it. He said, another thing that is troubling them in this city is that the spirit of trust is dead a long time ago. He said, what do you mean? Somebody will tell you that he wants to bless you. In your mind of mind, you don't trust. You don't trust what that person has said. Somebody will tell you, call for a job at 9 o'clock. You don't trust that you are qualified for the job. I wish they still do those praise videos. I wish they still do those worship concerts. Back in those days, it was done at cultural center, right? The likes of Benga, Adenuga, all of that stuff. People need to get back to the word. Not what we have in church today of jamboree and all of that stuff. yourself with the word of God you'll get results you'll get results I plead with you as a brother as a pastor meditate on the word of God engage with it I used to tell my wife I said, I said there's a level you get to in your relationship with God you realize you don't even need prayer and fasting because you are talking to the word the word is talking back to you videos on YouTube, go and watch it. Reverend Dr. Umay Pai. He said, I don't pray when I'm going for programs. He said, because he's not the one that will do it. He said, he just decree. It happens. Is that not what the scripture says? You shall decree a thing. Come to be established. So, ordinary one small concert. You tie yourself in the house for six days. Do you pray about say, Father, as I man that pulpit, let fire fall. If you have fire itself, it will keep falling. Somebody asked during the week and say, Peter, how do you do some of those things that you do? I don't rehearse them. I don't. I don't. I've been in a meeting with Pastor Chris before, and Pastor Chris said, I just came to have fun with you guys. I just came to play with you. And the next thing, it didn't come with iPad, nothing. Pastor Chris, you know that one is what loaded. The thing was just dropping. And it just kept working. He said, You know what? I just came here to play with you, but the Holy Spirit wants to have fun with you. Ah. Everybody stood up. Say, Holy Spirit wants to have fun with us, care. Well, yeah, let's go. He said, Hey, Usher, you ready? I said, Yes. That one will say yes or whatever that one said. said Take it. Boom. He went. Was that rehearsed? Was that rehearsed? It didn't touch me where I was seated. I felt it. I felt it. And believe you me, I can bet my money on it. I'm sure he came out from his office probably having just eaten breakfast or lunch and just walking for the meeting. Or somebody is here, you will deny yourself of food. Deny yourself. See, if you know the word, if you know the word, I've eat, I was eating suya in the hotel room. I stepped out of the room and boom! Some of you's Bible, like some, some don't even have Bible. Some don't have. 
I'm almost tempted to be running THN church like children church, whereby we'll do memory verse. Not say we should cram it. Engage with the word. It's not hard. It's not what tell the person I say it's not hard. It's not hard. Engage with the word. You can't face these battles alone. You need the word. And to be honest with you, some things are not battles, they are stepping stones. Ever since we started teaching church, I used to be a firm believer that once I obey all the rules, everything will be fine in the church, like there'll be no issue and stuff like that. Those that work closely with me, you know the things we face in teaching church. And some of them just look and say, Ah, Pastor, you're not bothered. Why will I be bothered? The only day I will be bothered about teaching church is the day I see the Holy Spirit walk out. That's the only day I'll be bothered. And trust me, I will drop that mic. I think, I don't know what the, the, the man of God I heard one time. I, I think it was Apostle, Joseph, uh, Apostle Selma, right? Did I get the name right? Apostle Selma, yeah. He said, the day the Holy Spirit tells me to drop the mic, I'll drop it. I'll drop it. I told my wife several times. I said, I'm running a ministry that there is nothing like entitlement here. There's nothing like you are. I was in a relationship with her. She was sitting right here in the worship team. She went for rehearsals as she should feel. And I told her, I will not enforce people to call you pastor Mrs. or call you whatever name they call you. You walk yourself up to that level, not me. Engage with the word. Know this thing for yourself. Know the word for yourself. Stop letting people play you. Amen? Stop letting people play you. Stop letting challenges dictate to you. Some people say, I... I can see just as my spiritual eyes is open. Some people challenges are the one they take them for them. Ask the person, why did you come to church? Uh, because because uh, 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 I want to pay a particular bill. I don't know how to do it. Come on, come on, come on. I have a CEO here. You know the bills every Sunday, right? Never bother. Never bother. Never bother. Never bother, never bother. I say this with confidence. I'm not just talking because I'm holding the microphone. I'm telling you the way God works. Know the word for yourself. Anyhow, you want to know it. You want to get a tablet, you want to get an iPad, you want to get a physical Bible. I don't know if ladies still do these things where they stick Bible verses on the wall. I mean, I've been to people's rooms, you see Bible verses all over. I go up with a grandmother, you will recite the entire Psalm 23 before you sleep. The entire Psalm 23, both English and Yoruba. Ah, I knew that stuff. And my grandma was a teacher. She tell you, don't rush, don't rush. Go back, go back, start again. My sister will recite her home. You say, Tomwa, say your own. I said, but my sister has said this. She said, she's talking to her God. You to talk to your God. Engage with the word. I'll tell you one thing. There are certain things that I've seen in this word of God. 
and I'm holding my iPad to make reference. There are certain things I've seen in the Word of God, and I literally said to myself, I literally said to myself, I said, God, I wish I never went to this church. I wish I never listened to this person. I think I've said it before here in THN. You hear stuff like God parted the Red Sea. How many of you have heard that before? Huh? How many of you have heard that before? Don't be scared. God parted the Red Sea. Moses just strike the rod. Bam! And what happened? The water has parted away. Go and read your Bible and see what happened. Go and, I will not say more than that. Go and read your Bible and see what happened. Then you will see how long you have been you have been fooled. And that's the reason why some folks just believe that God will come down from heaven to come and help them. I said to the music minister that came to minister last Sunday, immediately I was talking, all of them brought out their phones and they started taking notes. And I said to them, I said, there's one thing that is missing in church and the Lord is going to use people like us to bring it back. I said, people don't understand the power of relationships. God has stopped coming down. He uses men to help men. He has stopped coming down. He will never come down. He will never. He will ne- no matter the prayer you pray. They all sat down in my office and were like, wow, see word, see very much. I said, what people like us is enjoying today is people that we have helped when we did not even have anything. Relationship. I keep saying it. Not all your friends want money. Some people just want someone that can communicate the truth to them. But you have friends you can't even tell them the truth. My wife knows. My CEO knows my rule. I correct you two, three times. You don't get it. I cut you off. So let it be between you and God. But before I cut you off in those three times, I will tell you the truth that I need to tell you. Somebody sent me a message this morning. I said, I, I, I will stop coming to church. And I was reading the whole messages. Why will you stop coming to church? He said, because I don't like what they did to me last Sunday. He tells me that you don't know Christ. So you came to church because of food? You don't know Christ. You don't know Christ. You don't know Christ. Don't let anybody dictate things to you. Don't let it. We're all young. This is the best time to know it. The best time. Best time. The best time. I don't, I, I, I don't want to go beyond that. By his power. By his power. The power is the word. Let it stick into your spirit. I'm not telling you to raise up yourself to be quoting scriptures. In fact, you already know. I run away from those that quote scriptures because many of them don't even leave it. They don't leave it. One day I sat with my wife and I told her some, some funny stories about some men of God. Our mouth was like this all true. Stay away from men of God that, if I let me say this for music, music, stay away from ministers of God that tell you we don't charge. I lie. I lie. We just do it. We just want to be a blessing. It's a biggest lie. It's a big. I learned that thing many years ago. We don't charge. Salvation is free. We just want to be a blessing in your church. why they end up in secular. Those that have been coming to THM will tell you, we are not there. But I understand the place of honor. I understand the place of treating people right. 
fact, I got home last Sunday and I was thinking, I said, why did I say what I said in church? But the Holy Spirit was, was telling me, he said, what you said was right. You are opening some people's mind. I don't pay Naira. I don't. I don't. My CEO knows. I will personally drive to Sabo to go and change the money. Or I'll send somebody. I don't. Because I know the word of God. I know what honor can bring. I know what honor can bring. I know what it can bring. I know what it can bring. If you join the workforce of THN and you come on Friday, they already know on Friday I pour out my heart. I pour out my heart. And this Friday, about to do something that probably has never been done in any ministry. Let me just stay ahead of time. There is one funny reason why some people are staying away from you and they are not willing to help you. If I say it now, you know when they say drop mic, I've never heard that statement before drop mic. Just drop it. The reason why most people are can't help you, the reason why most people are not ready to be in a relationship with you, they are not ready to be friends with you, is not spiritual attack. Is hygiene attack. If it was spiritual attack, we can bring it down. But hygiene attack, you deal with it yourself. The way you treat your surroundings, the way you talk, the way you talk, talking like a talk, talking like a doubt, not treating yourself right. I literally told my wife, I said, there are members of this church, no matter your offering, no matter your tithe, I will never, did Jesus come? See, I put my mouth in my tongue, I, 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 God, I will never step my feet into your house. They should call me that you gave birth to country plates. And your wife gave birth when she saw me in the vision. I will not. I will do Zoom naming ceremony for you. Because I will not allow myself to step into your house. After I've done the ceremony, and when I'm stepping out, I have to go and sanitize, take shower like three, four times, dip myself into soda. I'm telling you the truth. Some things like this you won't hear in church. You won't hear, but I'm telling you the truth. By His power, we are changed. By His power, we are renewed. These are things you get in the Word. How many of you have seen Muslims when they urinate or? defecate on the soil. You see how they dig it and cover it back. How many of you have seen Muslims? People do that? Somebody once told me, and said, that thing is not hygienic. Do you know it's in the scriptures? God told the people of Israel, he said, do not defecate or urinate very close to the temple. He said, rather, do it a distance away and dig the ground and bury it inside. You find a Muslim brother, after he urinates, he will wash his private area. It's in the scripture. Doing everything that is there. I had an all night meeting with my, my leaders. Or was it on, on, on Friday? And I told them something. And literally all of them in that meeting said, Pastor, we have never heard this before. You want me to tell you what that thing is? How many of you want to hear it? When our guys go to the restroom, 
this is how they stand in front of the toilet right am i correct yeah guys you stand to pee right talk now i mean you don't pee <laughs> you want me to use urinate or tour guys do you pee some people don't pee maybe they bed wet <laughs> guys you pee right you pee right and you stand up to pee right you stand up to pee okay let's do it this way if you stand up to pee stand up if you stand in front of the toilet to pee stand up Minister Toby, are they doing the right thing or the wrong thing? Put it in your mind. Let them hear. I learned it's the wrong thing, sir. Standing in front of the toilet to pee is the wrongest hygienic way to urinate. The way the ladies pee on the toilet seat, that's how everybody is expected to use the toilet. Sit down. <laughs> Somebody's who is hearing that for the first time? Even some of those that stood up know what I'm talking about. You're not supposed to stand. You're supposed to sit on the toilet seat. That's why when you go to some other places, there is what they call the urinary or whatever it's called, urinal, whereby that one is not like a toilet seat, it's hung to the wall. That one you can stand. Or the real toilet, you see that even your bathtub. I'm never know the regular bathtub, the long one. How many of you stand inside bathtub to take shower? You are meant to lay down inside the bathtub to take a shower. If you are the type in this place. Why am I even adding this to my sermon? Maybe I'm setting somebody free. How many of you did they tell growing up that drink gum will spoil your teeth? So you stopped. Drink gum is actually to help your breath. If you wash your teeth twice a day, raise up your hand. Or maybe once or twice a day, raise up your hand. You wash your teeth very well. Now, I want to ask a question. I drop my do offering. First time I see them at the back, and we're good. On Friday, if you want to hear more about some of these things that I'm going to be teaching, join the workforce and come for the meeting. You will hear some bomb, and you realize that you've been living wrong a long time ago. And some of these things are just in the scriptures. You learn them from the scripture. Nothing is outside the scripture, it's just right there in the scripture. So, what I'm about to ask now is this. Uh, If you get it right, not if you are in that meeting with me, do not answer. If anybody seated here and get it right, I, I, I can I can give you a five k this Sunday. What I want to put it in a very right way. What causes mouth odor? Let me just stop there. What causes mouth odor? Microphone, please. Microphone. Microphone. 
I told you it's not your regular kind of Sunday. So someone just say, say church like they were by. <laughs> it's not your regular Sunday, but trust me, I, I know what I'm setting somebody free. Yeah. What, what, what's the hands up? What causes mouth odor? To me, my idea is when you do not watch your tongue properly. Not taking enough water. Who else? The lady at the back? Why you don't talk? Ah. Okay. That brother over there? Okay. Yeah. To me, I think um, remnants of food that decay in your mouth. Ah. That was possible. A little girl. Go ahead. I think it's um, from the esophagus. Yeah. Yet too deep. Ah, oxophagus in the mouth. Ah, go ahead, sir. To me, I think uh, salivation, like okay. the tongue. Okay. The tongue. So the, the saliva is what smells, right? Okay. Go ahead. Yes, I, um, I think um, personal hygiene. Personal hygiene causes mouth odor. Yes. Okay. Okay. Last person. Can you give this sister here? I haven't heard her talk before. I think I'll go with him. It's actually the tongue. Amen. If you... If you don't brush your teeth for two weeks or a month, the worst that will happen is the, the whitish color that your teeth has will change it, change to brownish white and over time it can turn black and that on its own will never make your mouth smell what makes your mouth smell is your tongue more people spend more time brushing their teeth and not brushing their tongue and if all you have is just the toothbrush you're wrong there is this other thing, it's called a tongue brush or the tongue, uh, tongue cleaner. Uh, am I right? Is that the right name? Huh? No mouthwash, no. Yeah, it's like a filing stuff. You use a file. So, in case people have been complaining that you have mouth odor, it's not your teeth, it's your tongue. It's your tongue. Personal hygiene. To learn about it is in the Bible. You don't have to go to the hospital. Prosperity is in the Bible. Just learn it. Seed time and harvest time, you would not see it. You plant your seed, to come out. Like Reverend Sam will say, we are in a microwave society right now. People plant cocoa today. They want it to come out tomorrow. It's not possible. You wait seven years. Even corn. Does it come out the next day? I will stop sowing. Because I'm not seeing the reward. It's a planting time. Join my workforce. Come on Friday. Some people would, like what they told me in the meeting, people would wish that they never met me. 
Because I will throw some bomb at you. And by the way, I'm coming to that meeting on Friday with... What did I say I'm coming with? I'm coming with shaving stick. I'm coming with feed deodorant. I'm coming with perfume. Yeah. Because I would remove you from that generational stronghold that has been withholding your blessing. It's the truth. And you know the most common one, even down to dressing. Down to dressing. All your life is Ankara and you want people to give you a job. Everywhere you go, palm slippers. Your hair, not properly done. Even as a lady. And it's so amazing that we have a lot of all these comedians that are throwing skits out there on social media, trying to correct us about some of things, but some of you just laugh it off. As some pastors will not even say these things because every pastor is all, most pastors are just concerned about spiritual attack. Where there is even, if, some people are going through more physical attack than spiritual. How many? When was the last time a witch and wizard came to your dream? No, raise up your hand. If they came yesterday, raise up your hand. When was the last time a witch and wizard? That your auntie that is doing you. When was the last time she saw your status? Maybe you have blocked her already. She's not seeing your status. She doesn't know that you bought a car. She doesn't know that you bought a new phone. Don't eat Auntie Lara's food anymore. At least you only eat it in December. It's not yet December. By his power, by his word, we are changed. A lot of things, a lot of things has to change. And we're young. The most painful part is when you are hearing it when you're in your 50s. I was in a program with my spiritual father and this man of God was asked to lead us to pray. And as I was done praying, this man knelt down and was crying. Why was he crying? People said, oh, stop crying. What's the issue? He said, all these things you are saying, I wish somebody told me when I was young. And these were some of the things people were saying. When you guys met him in the office, what did he talk about? Dressing. Excellence. By his power, we are changed. By his power, we are transformed. By his power, we are renewed. Be transformed by the renewing of what? Keep doing things the whole way. Keep doing things the whole way. God will have mercy on us. God will have mercy on us. Be on your faith this morning. And trust me, I didn't come to preach. I just came to talk. Let's go ahead and place your hand on your chest and say, Lord, I'm transformed. Say, Lord, I'm transformed. Lord, I'm transformed. Go ahead and speak those words into your spirit. Lord, I'm transformed. Lord, I'm transformed. Transformed. I engage with your word. I fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'm pointed to doing the right things that will help my destiny come to life. That will help me be at the place of mercy. Help me be at the place of celebration. Help me be at the place of recognition. Help me be at the place of authority. Jesus name we pray we believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life would you say this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus I repent of my sins come into my heart today and I am making you the Lord of my life amen congrats you are now a child of God 
thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen Podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.